You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. There's a gap in understanding this industry, the impact that our voices have, and that we're afraid to ask for more. The diversity side for me is the main reason that I am the speaking for profit coach and I'm doing this work. Like I want to diversify this industry, not just to say that we have a bunch of diverse speakers, but we have speakers who are paid well. Imagine for a moment that that is the sound of your favorite brand sending you a message. As you open that message, you read on to discover that they are having an event and they want you as a speaker to share your story, your knowledge, your expertise. So how do you begin to decide what do you charge? What is your rate for this event? Is an aligned fit? And how might you also use this as an opportunity to show up in an authentic way and create impact and change talking about your values? Well, that's exactly what this episode is about. You're listening to Flaunt Your Fire, the brand visibility podcast where we own our values as we amplify our influence. I am your host, India Jackson, and I am so excited to be here with you today. I think so often we have this desire to be visible, but there's also a lack of transparency in the visibility industry. Whether you are someone who identifies as an influencer, a photographer, a model, or a speaker, even musicians and actors and actresses have this strange phenomenon happening many times in the industry where it's really challenging to figure out what do people charge and What are the qualifications that meet up to being able to charge that amount? And that's exactly what I'm excited about that we're going to be talking about here today. So today, we are going to be joined by Evolve Benton, as well as Erica Corday. And our conversation is digging into the speaking industry as a whole, being able to diversify the speaking industry, using publicity and speaking as a form of financial freedom. And we're even going to go a little bit deeper into the pricing piece. You're going to discover what speaking for prophecy means and how that role of collaboration can support using your voice for change. And last but not least, when we look at the pricing piece, we're going to specifically be digging into some things to consider as you are beginning to price for speaking opportunities that may be different on stage versus virtual. It may be different if you have to 
catch a flight versus just needing an Uber ride to the location. And so all of this, I'm sure, is going to really help you to begin to have a better idea of how to answer that question than maybe you started with of what do you say when that dream brand shows up in your messages offering you an opportunity to speak. I am so excited to tell you about our guest today. First up, we have Evolve Benton. Evolve Benton is a speaker, educator, and curator who inspires audiences to think about the intersection of performance, diversity, inclusion, transformation, climate, and equality. They are the founder of Mar Media LLC, through which they offer services as an educational consultant and are a lead coach and founder of online educational platform, Speaking for Profit University. They are the author of Sir Poetry, dedicated to boyhood and Black queer love, and the creator of the Boy Doc and the Boy Meets Wellness podcast. Evolve has a passion for social justice and real change and just loves to help organizations grow culture that creates impact for years to come. Evolve also has over 10 years of experience in the DEI, diversity and inclusion space, and believes that the next decade is going to be all about companies moving into action, healing, and creating inclusive environments for diverse talent to thrive. And next up, we also have Erica Corday. And as you know, Erica Corday is the co-founder of Pause on the Play with me. But if you're new here, I'd love to reintroduce you to Erica Corday. Erica Corday is a trusted advisor to entrepreneurs and executive teams committed to shifting focus, power, and resources in order to create more equity in their businesses and the world. She believes that imperfect action is necessary to create meaningful social change and helps public figures engage in the work without fear of judgment. In 2018, Erica co-founded Pause in the Play podcast along with myself. And after receiving requests from listeners for a space to connect with the show's topics, Erica and I expanded the Pause in the Play brand to include a community and consultancy. Her leadership has now helped hundreds of individuals define their values, diversify their networks, and call people into conversations about inclusivity and individuality. A certified coach and 20-plus year beauty industry veteran, Erica has provided training for established businesses such as Blue Cross Blue Shield, Martha Beck Incorporated, and Paul Mitchell School. Her voice has been featured on podcasts, workshops, and online communities with a combined reach of over 10,000 people. You can learn more about Erica's work by visiting pauseontheplay.com. Now, let's get this episode on the road. Hello and welcome to the show, Evolve. I am so excited for this conversation with you and Erica Corday today. And I know um, we've been shifting things a little bit on the podcast. So I really want to start with the question we ask every guest. And I've also, <laughs> I feel it's important to confess that I've been kind of lately digging around in your more recent social posts and things like that. And I've noticed that you're doing some interesting things with your marketing, with your own visibility as a personal brand, in addition to the brands that you are a part of. And have noticed that there is some text service happening where you can opt in for 
daily affirmations. You have a nice blend of images, videos, um, and even infographs. So just knowing that point of reference as a listener, I think is important. As I ask you, what does flaunting your fire mean for you right now? Mm. Thank you so much for the invitation to be here. And, and, you know, thank you so much for that question. You know, I would say that right now, the opportunity to be connected with people around the globe is really, really something that I'm excited about. And I believe that social media creates a space where we can really share uh, the key parts of our brand, the key parts of ourselves um, in a very beautiful way. So I love that you you kind of described the palette um, that I'm putting together to share with people. I find that for me, what really fuels me is words of affirmation. You know, we always talk about our love language. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm often telling my wife, um, I think hearing hearing the words of affirmation from my own voice is really powerful for me right now. Like being able to call myself beautiful, being able to say, I love you, Evolve, being able to say, I'm proud of you. Um, and I'm doing a lot of work around healing and connecting with my younger self these days. So that's something that's really fueling me. And and the second thing is just my clients are doing amazing work that's changing the world. So I have a client who just launched a, a coaching program where she's literally supporting women of color. Um, and it's called Women of Color Thriving. And what's really cool about it is when she started the 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 coaching program, she thought it had to be all about business, right, and leadership. And when she started to talk to our audience, she realized they wanted to know more about relationships and how to build better relationships with themselves. Um, so I know that the, the seeds that she's planting is really going to create an amazing space for women of color. And I'm hope that, hoping that the seeds that I'm planting will create amazing space for people to really take the time to affirm themselves and love themselves daily. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I just know personally for me, um, getting those affirmations, even when they're just a surprise, because it's something that you, I don't know, randomly have pop open (laughs) in a graphic on Instagram when you log in into the infinite scroll, can really shift your day and make you pause and be more intentional. So I think it's incredible that you're sharing that, that you're giving people access to that, and you're just doing some great work. So witnessing what you're up to. Thanks so much, India. Appreciate it. So shifting gears a bit, um, I think that this episode really would benefit from starting with sharing like what is speaking for prophecy what does that mean for you and how are you defining that yeah you know what I came up with this term probably earlier last year because I was I was public speaking and I was teaching people how to make money from that that amazing tool set which is our voice and what I found that what we were really doing was that we were speaking about our dreams. We were speaking about the things that we wanted to bring into the light and to manifest. Um, and, you know, I follow the law of attraction and, and all of that. And it just kind of felt, to be honest with you, a little whitewashed. <laughs> so for me, um, you know, I grew up in the church and, you know, we talk a lot about like prophets and, and you know, people who, who speak about their journey ahead of time. Um, and it just came to me, right? Like we're not just speaking for profit. We're not just speaking for money. Uh, we're speaking the truth and the freedom and the financial freedom and the abundance that we want in our lives. So speaking for prophecy is is really being transparent about how you want your future to be and speaking it out loud. What I found is that many of my clients were 
speaking into community, speaking into organizations, changing everything, but not really speaking into themselves. So one of the tools that I utilize to be able to be, I think, a great speaker and also not burn out is a pre-talk ritual. And that pre-talk ritual includes some affirmations that I speak to myself about why I'm doing this work, right? I want to, I want to own several properties around the country so that I can be financially abundant, but also so that I can house people who really deserve to have amazing housing, right? And speaking that out loud is better than me just simply writing it down um, in a notebook. So so for me, it, it's you speaking your dreams, um, especially to yourself on a consistent basis. And that being around prophecy, what you want to see, what you want to manifest, uh, and connecting that ultimately to your financial freedom. Because I find that when people are financially free. And we know there's different levels of that. We got the people who are living in Bali right now, probably doing interviews with (laughs) y'all. And then we got, you know, we got people who for them, financial freedom, I know for me, is just like, you know, getting, getting out of South Central and being able to be um, surrounded by trees. Like that's something that felt financially free for me the last five years. Like I'm not around cars and hunking. I'm in a quiet environment. Right. Um, Speaking that, seeing that, manifesting that, um, and, and connecting with it on a on a daily, monthly, quarterly basis, however your capacity shows up, but making sure that you're not just speaking out, that you're speaking in as well. I have so much with all of that because honestly, I I have so much gratitude in this moment hearing you really give life to that because number one, prophecy is a word that I feel like a lot of people may be shy away from because they'll feel like it's too big. This is too much. Um, This is more than what I'm doing. And I think um, particularly for people that have had so much of their greatness uh, shrunken for them, that it is important to reclaim those things that are bigger, that really are a part of our heritage is really something that we've been entitled to when we've kind of convinced ourselves we're not entitled to. And to remember that, our voice is a gift and, you know, I, I kind of believe that, you know, you know, speaking is a spell. And so when you use those words and you put that out there, you're manifesting, you are creating. And I feel like in a lot of ways that is powerful in a completely different way than say, for example, the law of attraction, which really does push positivity in a way that sometimes can feel toxic, particularly to people who feel like, okay, so now I'm not supposed to acknowledge all the facets of my emotions. And so being able to navigate that and reclaim that and have it feel more authentic and more at home and more, you know, kind of like this, this feels natural. I think being able to do that gives you that space of like, oh, there's this capacity for me to figure out what does freedom look and feel like for me and how can I get there and how can I do it with the tools that I already have that maybe I've just kind of been swayed away from and I have to just kind of come back home. Oh, that's so powerful. Just that last statement of coming back home. I really, right? Because our home is ourselves, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm just... I'm really feeling that I'm so connected to that. And I think it's also speaking, not just positive, but speaking boundaries, right? I, one of the things yes. I say to myself daily is I, I only want to be surrounded by people who love and cherish me, right? Please mm-hmm. set up boundaries for people who are trying to deplete me or take take away my life force, take away my energy, right? And that's just as powerful as me saying I want 
<laughs> a really nice car, right? Like, yeah. Boundaries are a love language. Can I tell you? It's a love language to self. I love you. So I will not let anybody cross this fence. Get thine yes. gone. You must go. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many gems to the things that you both said that I'm like, mm. noted for later. Speaking as a spell and mm-hmm. <laughs> noted for later, listeners, just reminding you back to that, that it is okay to set that boundary of only wanting people to be attracted that are holding space for love for you mm-hmm. and repelling the rest. Yes. yes. The spell is the repel. I'm telling you. <laughs> love it. I know that one of the things that you talk about as well is the collaboration piece of speaking and how that can support using your voice for change. And I mean, we're all about amplifying your influence here. So I feel inclined to ask how do those things work together? And like, what are your thoughts about that? This, this is a really, um, really good question because what I've noticed, especially with, among entrepreneurs, is that there's a sense of competition over collaboration. And I think that that's why I talk about that so much. Um, I know for a fact that I would not be where I'm at if it was not for my community, if it was not for people who were willing to do LGBTQI policy trainings with me at like seven in the morning at at, at LGBT centers in, in California, right? Like if it wasn't for that sense of us doing it together, um, I literally would not be here. So for me, one of the one of the key pillars of speaking for Profit University and the work that we do is about community. Um, and I really wanted that because when I was starting out as a speaker, I felt very much isolated. Um, so I, I believe that community is the life force that what keeps you going and keeps you doing your work um, in a way that's as authentic and as easeful as possible. And that's one of the things I've been calling in this year, particularly in 2022, is that I want abundance with ease. I've worked hard enough. I, my, my ancestors have worked hard enough. I want it with ease. And I want collaboration with ease. I want people that I can call on when I do secure a big bag and we can split it up, right? And, and all of our families can eat and take care of each other. So it's so interesting. My, my, ma- my amazing wife got an opportunity to do a contract. And it was a really large contract for a short amount of time. And I remember when she came to me, she was like, I feel overwhelmed. I feel like this is too much to do. And I said, well, ask for help. This is why we have community. This is why we can can collaborate. And honestly, she said it was the best project that she's ever done. And it turned out like to be something that she plans on doing again and again. And she has some team members that she can really um, count on and support. So I always tell entrepreneurs, whether you're doing it with a nine to five or you doing it full time, find people that you can really collaborate with. And what I mean by collaboration is not like, hey, come, let's just swap and you be on my show and I'll be on yours, but really have a sense of being there for a person, even when they're having some of those fears and challenges and a moment to check in. So I have a group that I check in with and we haven't checked in in a while because one of our folks is, is actually pregnant, but we call ourselves the <laughs> Rainmakers. And I met them in a mastermind I was in a couple of years ago and we were meeting every week in that mastermind. So we just continued to meet. And literally, we don't really talk about business. We talk about our lives. We talk about the different ways that we can up, uplift each other's work. And, you know, that's what I mean by that sense of collaboration and it really being able to to move your brand and move your business forward. 
I think there's such a need for understanding that being in community, when it's talked about in the professional space, is so much more than let's talk numbers and figures and marketing and who did your ads. That's really not what that means at all. Like, do those things matter? Do they come into play? Yes. But I'll be honest with you, the most powerful relationships that I have and the connections that really do foster the best outcomes um, for my clients, for their teams, and for us as humans, these are with people that show up as they are. They're going to be real. They're going to let you know, hey, this is, you know, what's going on. So therefore, number one, you're being clear about this is where I am. You're not having to fake the funk of like, no, I'm great. Let's just push through and tell that lie. And so when your humanity can show up at the table, I do think that that really does give a much better um, kind of like, you know, launch pad almost for everything that you've mentioned evolve when it comes to speaking for prophecy and the entire collaboration and community concept that can't happen if you can't show up as your whole self including you know your identity your real life and who you are as a human not just what you do and what you can provide in a transactional relationship well and i think part of that as well is when you're willing to go deeper with people you're also building a deeper connection with them. There's more emotional investment when they know what your day-to-day challenges are, what your wins are. They're more invested in doing whatever they can to support you continuing to thrive. And it facilitates trust. Yes. And for those of us that have parts of our lives that we don't have that, that trust makes a big difference. Yeah, it's it's such a big difference. I always tell, tell my folks, my students, I'm like, I want us to be have a space where we can celebrate, but where we also can talk about our challenges, right? So we often talk mm-hmm. every week about what what resistance is going to come up for your goal this week, right? You know, like, I got this goal. I want to <laughs> yes. make $10,000. I got this goal. I want a new client. I'm like, where's the resistance? I love the goal, but where's the resistance? And they're like, oh, well, my kid's getting out of school. Um, I got my mama's here, right? Like, let's be, mm-hmm. let's be honest about the things that are around your environment <laughs> that might create a little bit more pressure around that goals. And I want people to be able to cry, right? We have people sometime in our community who are, who just need to get out a good, a good wine. And I'm like, if we're, as adults, we can cry, we can whine too. Everything's not always going our way, right? Um, so I want that space where people can be their authentic selves. And I love that y'all brought that in. Yeah, I mean, I think everything that you said is <laughs> has also made me secretly wonder, like, have you been spying in on Erica and I's private CEO <laughs> dates that we have every week? <laughs> it sounds very much like it. It's like, very familiar. <laughs> yes. I'm probably a fly on the wall there. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been so interesting to notice the difference in not just, you know, output and, and, you know, what we're able to complete, but also how we're able to do it and not feel depleted at the end of it all, because we're able to have that check-in, you know, how are you? What is on deck for you this week? And being able to be real about what those things are, because to just lay out tasks and to not act like life is a real thing that's going to show up at possibly the most inopportune times, i.e. the family member that shows up at your doorstep. Hey, mm-mm, I didn't ask for this today. <laughs> so when things like that happen, it is important to to be honest about that. And I think the beautiful piece of that that goes back to when you talked about the self-affirmations is it's also forcing you to be real and honest and transparent with yourself, which is 
sadly, the person that will lie to the most. Yeah. Oh, you're preaching now. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will preach. I will preach. I'm going to try to hold it in the day, but I will preach. <laughs> Diversifying the speaking industry is so important and very close to my heart. And I can't help but also consider what does that mean in other industries? What does that mean in the workplace? Well, over at the Pause and the Play podcast on episode 165, that's exactly what is being discussed there. You know, the possibilities and what magic can happen when we share our experiences with diverse individuals and what we can discover and what kind of progress can be created through open discussion. So make sure that you open up your podcast app that you're currently listening from and head on over to search for Pause on the Play. I promise it will not pause your listening. And while you are there at Pause in the Place podcast, you want to do a search for Confessions on Diversity in the Workplace with Damian Taylor. And go ahead and just add that to your queue as the next episode to listen to, because I can promise you, you will find some absolute gems in that interview that Eric and I have with Damian over on the Pause in the Play show. As you navigate being more authentic, you know, for myself, a large part of whether or not I thought it was okay to show up as the real me and the full me, and that includes being a Black woman in America, (laughs) um, you know, is also representation. And do I feel like it's safe to be in this identity in the places that I'm in and in the speaking industry as a whole and the visibility space um, as an entrepreneur. And I know um, that some of what you talk about is diversity in the speaking industry. So I'm just kind of curious to hear your perspective on that as somebody who's also trans of like, why is diversity so important in the speaking industry? Thank you so much for that question. You know, When I first started looking into public speaking, I did not realize how much it lacked diversity because I was in my niche, right? So I was going to DEI events. I was going to more student affairs type of events. I was seeing myself. And it wasn't until I started to look at the income to see how much speakers are getting paid on the higher end and who those speakers were, where I started to see a lot of the gaps. Um, and this was particularly during COVID. And I started doing some research and I was like, I put in high, highest paid speakers and it was all men, mostly cis men um, and mostly white men. And then I started looking at their YouTube pages and I was like, they boring. Why? They- <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? How is that? You a white man in your pocket. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Why are they getting paid all this money? Right. And then I realized, right. They realized that they figured out the game. They figured out their niche. They figured out their value, right? Um, I'm, I remember I was on a call once with a with a very endearing white man who wanted to be in my program, but it wasn't an aligned fit. Um, and I asked him about his pricing, and he said very confidently, "I would not speak for under fifteen thousand dollars." It was so confident, right? Um, wow. Whereas I get on a call with LGBT folks, trans trans folks, women of color. Black women in particular, and they're like, yeah, you know, I, I speak at church and I speak for free and $500, it seems like a lot, right? So it, it, I understood that there's a gap in understanding this industry, the impact that our voices have, um, and that we're afraid to ask for more. 
So the diversity side for me is the main reason that I am the speaking for profit coach and I'm doing this work. Like I want to diversify this industry, not just to say that we have a bunch of diverse speakers, but we have speakers who are paid well, right? I did a a reel recently on Instagram. Shouts out to the reels. I'm learning how to do that. It's so so much fun. (laughs) And And, you know, I had the green screen because I was doing some more research and Google shows that the average public speaker gets paid anywhere between 50 grand to around 250. So I was telling people, you could be getting paid the same amount as a software engineer if you really put the skill together and market it in a way where it's changing organizations and changing lives. Um, and a lot of people think that they have to do that in a way where they can't be authentic and they can't be themselves. But honestly, that is what organizations are really looking for. They want to see the authenticity because they have that in their workforce and they don't know how to bring that. Right. So when we are able to go into a space and they don't have to onboard someone new because they figure out how to build an inclusive space for their trans folks, we're saving them hundreds of thousands of dollars. So why wouldn't we be asking for that much in exchange? Right. Um, So I'm really about closing the gap of that experience and bringing a highlight so that people can do that. And I share that boring speaker. I'm not going to name him with my students all the time (laughs) as an example for them to see, like, you don't got that far to go, boo. (laughs) No. Right. This is what's possible for you, too. (laughs) Yep. This is possible. Definitely. First of all, I love the fact that you pointed out something that I think a lot of people don't consider when they think about pricing. And it's how much do you save them when you show up? What are you now keep them from having to go do? What answers do they now not have to go seek? And so when you really honestly address everything that you are providing to them, because as much as I hate ROI, um, return on investment being brought into diversity, equity, and inclusion work because they look for this direct correlation. I do know that companies have to explain why they're spending money because budgets are budgets. And I get that. But I think that when you can legitimately acknowledge like, hey, if we do this, this addresses this, this causes this to not be as much of an issue. This means that you don't have to go seek this. I'm going to provide this for you. It's like, I have saved you money and I've saved you time, which is also money. And those are things that should be considered when you think about how you are pricing things. And you should not discount your own need and entitlement to financial freedom. Because I tell you what, that the, the boring white dude didn't have a second thought of it. So why should you? I, I said it. yeah why should you have a second thought on your on your value right but there's it's just a gap there we don't ask for more right that's we don't ask for more as a a people as black folks as as lgbtqi folks we don't ask for more so i tell all of my students whether they're in S4P University or if I'm going to a college to speak to people, that's one statement that I always tell people, always ask for more. And it's not just about finance. It's about boundaries. It's about, oh, no, I don't want to come in person. It's about whatever you need more of. Oh, I need more water. Have that spritzer in the room. Whatever. Ask for more because you're going to mm-hmm. need it, right? Um, and, and you yes. have to get comfortable and, and, and excited about doing that more in your life. I always find it's helpful to remind yourself when you don't want to ask. It's like, why not? 
can I can I not have the spritzer? Can I not have the blue M and M's? Can I not have my water? <laughs> like whatever that thing is, if you're like, I need a Himalayan salt lamp. I need a salt lamp in here. Yeah. If you need Palo Santo oil in your room, because that is what gets you in that. Whatever it is, why not? Please do it. I was doing a a, a really cool facilitation with Janet Mock. Um, a few years ago. And she's one of the folks that really inspired me to ask for more as a speaker because I was on the back end as a, as a higher education professional. So my university was bringing her in. And when I read what she was asking for, I was just like, yes, Janet. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, she asked for her pay, you know, I mean, I think her pay was like around 30 or 40 K at that time. It's probably more now because Pose has done so well. But she asked for her lunch. She asked for Uber Black. She asked, I mean, she just had it written down like this is going to allow me to show up and over deliver. And she did. She killed it. She was an amazing speaker. So I think we need to also realize that when we're asking for more, it's creating space for us to over deliver and really share an authentic way and create an experience that is going to change that audience's life. Like literally Think about words that you've heard from your grandmother, words that you've heard from your mother, your your aunts, your mentors that have shifted your direction. We have 15, 20, 90 minutes to do that. And it's a powerhouse. Um, so we, we have to take advantage for of it and we have to create environments where we can show up honestly um, as our powerful selves. And sometimes that takes, like you said, that spritzer, those M&Ms, that uber black comfort Um, Because sometimes it's uncomfortable and we have to admit that for ourselves. We might have a message, but it's not always uncomfortable. It's not always comfortable to share it. And that environment creates space for us to be able to do it. So, India, I actually have kind of a question for you, Annette, because I want your your take on that from not only the visibility side, but that being honest with yourself when it comes to pricing, because those two examples that Evolve gave, I think, are things that people don't think about when they think about pricing. The um, Uber Black and your lunch. Two things as simple as feed me and transport me. Yes. I just want to get here comfortably and safely. And I want to be able to eat and be hydrated and, and nourished. And I feel like those are two parts of pricing that aren't regularly considered as a part of your compensation as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think it's any form of transportation, right? How many times do we see people getting asked to speak to somewhere that requires them flying somewhere? I mean, that's a whole nother level of expense than just that Uber. Um, There's also, you know, depending on the engagement, maybe you are investing in a makeup artist, depending on your personal brand and whether or not you wear makeup, hairstyling, your wardrobe. There's so many other pieces that go into what happens before you get on the stage. And then also, don't forget what happens after you leave the stage. You still got to get back home. And you may need some self-care if you're someone who has any type of um, public speaking fears and things like that. You know, you may need to do some things to recenter yourself after being so vulnerable, especially if you're sharing personal narratives. So I consider all of those things. um, And I want to encourage anyone listening to think about those things as you're figuring out your pricing and what you need to ask for. Because sometimes it's not like, hey, pay me more for this. Sometimes a brand is able to, through their partnerships or their sponsorships, provide the service which still gets it covered. But I do want you to think about adding those things in as factors when you're thinking about pay. Now, I also feel like, and I'm curious to hear your opinions as well, 
that the speaking industry, much like music or any other form of entertainment and arts, can also be very abstract for new people coming into it, where it's not quite so clear what do people charge? You know, when should you be, as a music industry reference, doing the free gig at the bar because nobody knows your name versus when you do need to start charging and what that looks like. And I think that the lack of transparency in the industry contributes to people not asking for, you know, as you said, evolve your value because they don't know what the standard is. So their idea of more to someone else looking in may still be way under the mediocre guy that you're referencing. Yeah, it's so true. And sometimes when you don't ask for enough, an organization won't pick you up. That's the other thing that people don't Mm -hmm. realize, right? Like if you get a scope of work and you say, oh, $3,000, and that organization knows that that scope of work should be $30,000, they're going to look past you because they're like, you don't have an understanding of the labor that's going to go into this project. So I have two two methods that I use for pricing. The first method that I use is is all about capacity. Um, So I usually ask people, how often do you want to speak? right? Like what is your capacity to be able to do this and how much do you want to get paid? So if you tell me, Evolve, I want to speak twice a month and I want to make $10,000, then we know that you can't go lower than five, right? If you really want to be able to meet those goals, that's like some simple math that you're able to do. And I want us to think about our capacity because I, I, I often ask this question. I probably ask it once a quarter on my social media, how how often do you speak this quarter? And people will tell me 100, 200, 300 times. And I'm like, why? Why are you why are you doing that to yourself? You're going to burn out. Right. Um, And I think it gets exciting, but we have to think about our capacity and how much labor we're putting into it. The other side of it is that there is some things out there that will share with you, like what is the average speaker getting paid right from that industry in particular that you can look up on Google, doing your research within the organization and figuring out what have past speakers been paid that's a question that I often ask on my discovery and console calls is when you've worked with people in the past, what has been your budget, right? And sometimes that puts the organization like deer in the headlights, oh shit, they want to talk about budget and excuse me for my S-bomb. Um, but, <laughs> but the thing is like, I'm, I'm there trying to be authentic with you. So when I put my proposal together, right, I can give you as much information as possible. And if you tell me, you know, normally Evolve, we would have, but you know, we got budget cuts and the recession. So this time we got 10, then I can give you a proposal, right? That can fit into that instead of me giving you something that's not going to have capacity. Um, and, and then the third thing I would say is when we do submit proposals, being willing to give an outlook on the various ways that people can work with you. So I always give three opportunities. One is usually asynchronous, which is Evolve's not showing up, but here's a recording, here's a course, this is what this will cost. The second one is maybe a one-time opportunity with me. This is what that would cost. And then the third one is usually like, this is what a residency, if you wanted to work with me three or four times. And that's really helpful because then the organization, you're already planting that seed of how they can work with you on different levels, depending on their capacity and depending on their budget. I have a low. The lower I'm, the lowest I'm going to go is a dollar amount and everyone should have a low. We can always go higher. And I think that that's really the values that I want people to understand when it comes to the speaking industry. And I love that you brought in the lack of transparency. It's not there. So we have to create that for ourselves and we have to talk about it more. So don't even be afraid to ask your 
friends, your homies, like how much did you get paid, right? And and make that a regular conversation so that we all can know and um, be able to support each other. Mm, powerful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for breaking that down. Thank you. Because I think that that's an area that just as you said, you know, it's not being talked about as much. And also, um, maybe because of that, people may be more reluctant to talk about it with their friends. So I think that that's a huge thing to begin to shift the culture on. Yeah. And realize that the other folks are talking, y'all. The pale folks, they talking. The white folks are talking about it. That white man, mm-hmm. he he knew to ask for 15 because someone told him. <laughs> like, yep. his, his friend Paul told him to ask for 15 or ask for 20, right? So we have to empower each other to do that. Um, so I love when my clients are in and I am willing to share a financial win. I know for some people that can be really uncomfortable, but the more we share it and the more we promote it, other people see it and we can shift the industry. If we continue to all ask for less, then we're never going to get more, right? So really think about it as your responsibility collectively for the speaking industry when, when you're asking your price. You're asking your price for yourself, but you're also setting a standard for others who look like you and show up with similar stories. So I have a question, actually. There was something that um, you mentioned when um, we you were coming over and wanting to talk to us here on the show, which, again, thank you for doing that because I'm super, super, super excited for this conversation right now. But you mentioned a term that I hadn't heard put this way. And I was like, I'm not going to guess what this is. And I am not going to trust Google to tell me what it is either. I'm going to ask the source. <laughs> Get clarification from you so I know. Can you share with me when you use the term educational consultation, what that means? I was getting a lot of folks who wanted to work with me. They were like, Evolve, I'm not a keynote speaker. I just do training and development. And I was like, well, that's educational consultation. You're consulting people, right? You're giving them education. You're consulting. You're leaving them with knowledge. That's still speaking. You're still using your voice to make money. You're still using your voice to impact the world. Um, And what I find is that often people are doing a mixture of both, right? They might be going to a conference and speaking at a larger event, or they might be in a room or a boardroom with, you know, 25 people giving them some education and consultation on how they can take their business, their product, or their environment to the next level. So that's really what it is. It's the opportunity to work with an organization or a person in an educational consultation type of way where you're giving them support on things and gaps that they might be having in their business. Um, And I really wanted to highlight that in particular because so many of my clients do a mixture of both. And I think that just having speaking in the business was really having people think TED Talk, thinking big stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And what Mm -hmm. I want folks to understand is even if you're having a a one to two with, with a, you know, a small business, that is still as powerful and that's still speaking for profit. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, Because I know in the industry, there's just so many different terms and they can mean different things to different people. Um, And I also know that the business that we have and also like my own DEI journey and educational journey of continuing to work on my own growth and development would not be what it is without people who do educational consultation. Yeah, same, same, same. same. I've learned so much. I mean, just watching. So, and this is what I ask some of my um, clients to do often to go in the space and watch the way people facilitate that in itself is, is an educational consultation moment. Like how are they, how are they using the room? Like I was in a really cool space with one of my mentors and he was doing a, a presentation 
but he was walking around the room. And that's something I want to get more into, not being so like, you know, just stuck in one place. But he had these pieces of paper. And what I seen that he was doing was he was dropping one here and then pick it up. And he was doing it within his pace, right? So he was having the paper, instead of having the paper all in his hand, he would leave it on one desk. And by the time he finished the thought, he would come back around to it to pick it up, look at it again, and then go on to the next point. But it gave so much more movement to the speech, to the space, to the room. Um, he was able to connect with people throughout the space. So even if you're just watching the physical way that people are doing it, it could just be so powerful and add to the lens of the way you can can show up and, and speak and consult with folks. Note to self, tell next speaking engagement to give me lighting that will move with me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Because I'm going to be moving, boo. I'm going to be moving. So it got to come with me. And you know, we got to get this say. melon and popping. So I need the light. Yeah, I need the really light. These pictures that look great. I'm just yes. saying. <laughs> <laughs> it is real. <laughs> but you know, that's something to ask for as well. We we're talking about asking for more, asking for lighting, right? Because a lot of times they don't know. They don't know that our skin and what we need. So mm. even though even those things are so powerful to ask for. So we've we've really got to think this out, folks. Like um this field, many of these fields have not been built for us and especially the speaking industry. So we've always got to melanate it and add a little bit of our vibe um, to create that capacity and create that space. The other thing that I always bring in, you know, being trans, being gender nonconforming um, is making sure that people are clear and, and really clear on my pronouns um, because that is one of the things that could be really frustrating, right? When someone introduce you and they go way off script. Um, yeah. So I definitely always have to put a, an emphasis there um, and make sure that the person who's going to be introducing me has gotten that information as well. Thank you for mentioning that because uh, we can be in our own bubble of the work that we do over at Pause in the Play and Erica through your consulting. Um, and it's great to be reminded that outside of our bubble, you know, asking for pronouns mm -hmm. is not always a part of the process. And so. No. That leaves no. things up for people's own interpretation, which may not be accurate. No, I think for me, one of the most important things um, for me as someone that's cisgendered, cisgendered to do is because of the fact that it may not make a difference if someone messes it up for me, but it does matter for somebody else. And so therefore, if I make you get it right for me, you'll get it right for somebody else. If I make you prioritize it for me, you'll get it right for somebody else. That's a part of my responsibility to check somebody, to remind them like, hey, 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 this is something that needs to be across the board. And part of me using my voice is to remind you that you need, do need to be more equitable in this way. And it doesn't matter how I feel about it, but it does matter whether or not you are creating an environment that makes each and every person that is here feel welcome, included, and able to do their best. You better be you better be an active ally. I see you. <laughs> yes. Oh, that made me feel good. I'm like, yep, yep. I'll talk to Erica. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, <laughs> I tell him, tell me. Just let me know. I got him. <laughs> yeah, I know quite a few people that listen to this podcast and read the articles um, that accompany it have podcasts. So I'm just going to say, you know, that's one thing to go back and take a look at is when you have guests coming are you giving them an opportunity to fill in their own pronouns, not select from predetermined options? <laughs> or, or, or just here, just say other. If what I gave you didn't work, yeah. let them put what they want to put. Because it makes all the difference when you read their bio or 
welcome them on to the show. It does. It really does. And for my, you know, for my LGBTQI trans folks who are listening, I know that sometimes we get caught up as like the deer in the headlight and we don't know how to advocate for ourselves. There's some podcast episodes out there where I've let pronouns slide because I'm just like, I don't want to, I didn't want to correct them in that moment, but correct them, y'all. (laughs) go on and correct them correct them on while y'all are recording because it's an educational moment right and it could really help the other folks who are listening to have that space so I want to send courage to the folks who that might come up for uh, to be willing to push a little bit more I know I haven't always because I haven't always felt comfortable um, but I'm, I'm really working on that and making sure that I bring that to the forefront of the conversation And as the person on the other side, show gratitude to be able to course correct, make amends, and to learn. Absolutely. Don't make it about you. Teachable moment, y'all. Don't make it about you. It's not not about you. Get it right. Treat people as whole individuals. Uh, Just even that one thing, like, (laughs) seems small, (laughs) but it's not. No. Also has the power to shift that for every other podcast guest after yourself when you notify them of, hey, it's actually this. Right. <laughs> you you are correct. I apologize. Correct it and keep going. And that's why I'm, I'm really so excited about the community space that y'all are building because I know it's a space that's going to be nurtured, right? By this like not even just effective, but authentic and loving way to communicate with one another. Um, I'm just really excited about it and I can't wait to, to join it and be a part of it. Oh, thank you. And same to you. I am so excited about the space that you're creating in the speaking world, a world that needs so much more diversity. <laughs> I mean, just your entire business as a whole is changing the industry um, and creating transparency where in the past for people that look like me, I can't speak for others. There was none, you know, no. um, oh, such, such, such exciting stuff. I want to say thank you so much for this conversation. And I know it would not be a flaunt your fire episode without taking those who may be on the treadmill or commuting or at the park <laughs> from listening to thinking about how they can take an action because that's where the change and the impact happens. So I would love to know, based on our conversation today, if there's one action you would like people consuming this episode to take. Yeah, you know what? I think based off of what we talked about today, I would love for the folks who are listening to to write a daily affirmation that they commit to saying to themselves every day. And it could be something really simple, like I love you, but write it down and commit to saying it. And when you and when you have it written down, if you are feeling like you want some more affirmations, just feel free to text the word inspired to me. And my number is 323-405-9492. Um, and you'll be on my affirmation list and get those every day as well. But I think it's still powerful for you to just take some time and write one for yourself. Many people ask me like, what is an affirmation? And it literally is something positive that you will say to yourself every day. Um, whether you're feeling good about it or not. When that tongue is feeling lazy, you'll still say it and you'll still commit to it. I love that. (laughs) I figured you would, Erica. Because I'm the warm and fuzzy one. Of course I do. (laughs) Yes. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Evolve. Um, If anyone is listening and they're ready to take that next step and begin to speak for profit, could you tell us more about where they can find Speak for Profit University? Yeah, definitely. If you're interested and you're a diverse leader, you want to upgrade your impact and income, and you want to learn more about our programs, you can check us out at speakingforprofit.com. And that's with the number four. You can also text me the same thread. That's 323-405-9492. And just text the word speak to me. And I'll send you over actually a really cool training that I did on how to price yourself as a speaker and how to set your speaker fees. So again, that's 323-405-9492 and just text me the word speak. Ah, Thank you so, so much for your time today and for all the gems that you shared with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun and I love y'all's show. So please keep it going. I appreciate y'all's labor. You know, I know podcasting can be one of those things that's really challenging. Um, So when y'all are feeling like, oh, we won't do this no more, call Evolve and and I'll be on for the CEO talk as well. And we can get each other pumped up. But please keep doing this work. I appreciate y'all so much. I so love this conversation with Evolve and Erica. And I just... (laughs) Absolutely, I'm taking in Evolve's action item for today of giving yourself that affirmation that you can repeat. And in full transparency and accountability here on the show, right? I need to be held accountable sometimes too. I have literally written that out on a sticky note and have taped it to my laptop. (laughs) So I get to see it as a daily reminder that I love you because it's easy to forget to tell ourselves that. So thank you, Evolve. Thank you for listening today. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode. One of the things that I love about brand visibility is it gives us the opportunity to communicate with others and to really work that communication muscle. And we have the opportunity when we are communicating with others to create impact, both financially for our lives and our brands, as well as impact in the world, influencing the way people think and the actions that they take, the things that they consider. And I'm just so excited that in Pause in the Play of the Community, this month as this episode is being released, we are digging into communicating for impact. Every month in Pause in the Play of the Community, we have a curated exploration into a particular theme. And that's exactly the theme for this month. So if you're listening in live time and you're getting this episode in August... You'll be able to explore that with us live, but we love the fact that our community is created with (laughs) accessibility in mind. It's so important to us. It's why we have articles here for this podcast, but it's also why in our community, we have replays. These monthly themes live on and you get access to being able to do self-guided study on these themes. You'll also get access when you join to building a deeper connection through your content. Because creating content that goes beyond what we sell is one of the most important ways we can go from passive followers and listeners to super fans of our brands. And the building a deeper connection through your content workshop is going to really inspire you with categories of content that you can create to help move from talking to people passively to connecting with them. And you'll get access to the replay of that workshop 24-7 on demand at any time from your mobile app or your computer inside Pause on the Play of the Community. So if you're looking to join us today, head on over to www 
pauseonthepla.com slash community and join us today. We'd love to get to know you and we'd love to see what you create and how you continue to communicate after taking in this information and joining our space. The Flaunt Your Fire podcast is recorded on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, the Piscataway people. This land is known to many as the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C., and its surrounding area. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?